Welcome to the 321 Biz Development Podcast. My name is Clarence Rick Napier, CEO of 321 Biz Dev LLC, located in Sacramento County, California. 321 Biz Dev is the only company with sales systems for white collar professionals who did not have access to affordable sales and business development training in college or through certification programs. 321 Biz Dev is the company to call when you or your sales team want to master the following four main sales functions contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, and closing. 321 Biz Dev is the number one sales performance destination for CPAs, insurance brokers, cosmetic surgeons, dentists, real estate brokers, real estate investors, and attorneys. In addition, 321 features the most talented business professionals on our podcast from North America and from around the world. 321 Biz Dev services are available worldwide where the English language is spoken. Our website is 321bizdev.com, powered by sitemarket.com, and we can be reached toll-free in the U.S. and Canada at 833-321-3212. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Today is February 13th, 2019, The title of this podcast is The Oddities of Social Media Selling and How Do We Get to This Point? So first, let's talk a little economics, math and finance, and why every man, woman and child should study these subjects to be informed. I majored in business management with a minor in economics at Golden Gate University in San Francisco. And after spending 12 hardcore years in corporate America, working at a Fortune 500 company in Los Angeles, I quit to work on my own business as a realtor, loan officer, and financial services specialist. It was the 2008 real estate crash that hit me hard and hit my family extremely hard. I was totally unprepared and inexperienced to handle the devastation and trying to cope with the significant economic changes and the financial, personal, and health challenges in my immediate family. So what I'm sharing on this podcast comes from about 20 years of experience, some trial and error, and professional reflection. So how did we get to this point in 2019 with the, with business, and in a smaller way, social media. Well, today's business environment has uncertainty, it has some envy, it has some jealousy, and it has some mistrust. So that's those are four hardcore words to try to explain what the overall impacts have been in the last 20 years. But first, we need to start with some causes, some causes of where we are today. So I'm also a history buff. So let's talk about the causes. Okay, so first in 1979, uh, 78, 79, there was a president, Jimmy Carter, and uh, he uh, put some legislation out there called the Community Reinvestment Act. It was called CRA. By the time his 
presidency was up, it was not signed into law. So it was still sitting out there, just hanging out there. So the next president, Ronald Reagan, in his two terms, he did not sign this legislation that was you know, endorsed by Jimmy Carter. Next, there was George H.W. Bush, I believe in 1988. He didn't sign the legislation. And we're talking about the Community Reinvestment Act. Next, it was Clinton. He had two terms. The first term, he did not sign the CRA. So you might be saying right now, what is the CRA or the Community Reinvestment Act? The CRA was legislation put forth by Jimmy Carter. And the legislation basically said everyone should have a chance or an opportunity to own a home. Even if there were some qualifications that they did not uh, totally meet, let's give everybody who wants a home, let's give them a home. So in the second term of Bill Clinton's presidency, he signed it. So Bill Clinton signed the CRA. And so when Bill Clinton was out of office, George W. Bush was in office. And uh, to his credit, he said to himself, you know, or he said to his Congress, this legislation is bad because it's going to cause a significant crisis in, in the housing markets and in the, the, the loan markets. So he tried to get the legislation withdrawn so that it wouldn't be implemented. But they said, George W., if you try to remove this legislation, we're going to label you as a racist. And we're going to label you as a person who is against people of color. So at that time, the Congress was not controlled by the Republicans. And so it did not, um, you know, it did not get withdrawn. So the legislation stayed in place. So fast forward, we had tons of people, you know, buying homes that they couldn't afford. And so by the time 2006 hit, 2007 hit, the disaster was starting to unfold. So that's the history of what I mean by, you know, the things that happened. And I'm going to go back to that story. So the good years, 1980 to 2006, you know, we had, you know, some lower taxes. We had the dot-com boom. Everything was dot-com, pencil.com, water.com. Everybody was buying stocks and something or things that really had no reason for people to buy stocks, but because the stock market was booming so well in the late 1990s, like 97, 98, people were buying all these stocks like, like extensioncord.com. They had they were trading at you know forty forty dollars per share and, and and that stock was rising. So you know then there was a dot com bus in like in 2000, 1999, 2000, and that's when uh, people lost a lot of money in the stock market. Some people lost fifty percent or more of their stock value. So that was like a very interesting time. So then we had nine eleven. You know, September 11, 2001, and that was a dark, uh, you know, period in, in America's history. So people were kind of, you know, depressed about that. 
Then, you know, a, a year or two later, the real estate crisis or the... So then right after the uh, 9-11, the real estate market started taking off. So you had artificial, inflated real estate prices. You had people buying homes that they shouldn't buy, shouldn't have purchased homes. You had homes that were selling in the hood here in Sacramento that were selling uh, formerly for $75,000. These homes were selling for $350,000. That's when I was a realtor. So then you had some bad years that started as a result of the artificial inflated real estate market. And those bad years were from 2006, 2007. And I would say up to the current year of 2019, because that recession that happened in 2008, you know, even though the, the numbers part of the recession may be over, the mental recession is still in effect because there are still some severe economic, political issues that Americans are very concerned about. So let's talk about sales under the conditions I just spoke about. So during the dot-com boom, like I said, people were making tons of money in the stock market. It was almost like shooting fish in a barrel. You could pick a stock and that stock would, would guarantee would be guaranteed to make money. You know, so people were selling stocks. This is also the beginning of day trading. I remember this one guy was sitting in Starbucks here in Sacramento, you know, out in the burbs, and every day. He would sign on to his uh, stock market software and he would buy a stock at $10 and he would buy like $10,000 worth of stock at $10. And by, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, he would sell that stock for sometimes $12 or $13. So every day this guy would make like, like, like 20 to 30 percent on his $10,000 and then he would pay the taxes on it. So you could see he was making roughly $1,500, $1,800 a day after taxes. So also during the fake real estate boom here in California, Las Vegas, Arizona, and Florida, you know, Amer Americans were buying boats that they didn't, that they couldn't afford. They were taking vacations they couldn't afford. They were spending lavishly. You know, with fake money. And what I mean by fake money, if your house just went up 50% in equity, people would take that money out and they would say, my house just went up, you know, $100,000. I'm going to do a refi and take out $50,000 and I'm going to buy some, I'm going to buy a boat. I'm going to take some vacations. I'm just going to buy a whole bunch of stuff. And to be honest, I kind of got caught up in that too, in the, in the middle to the early in the early to mid 2000s. So the money was fake, like I said, because of this legislation that was put forth by Jimmy Carter in, in 1979 that was never implemented until the late 19, you know, 90s, like 96, 97 by uh, Bill Clinton. So it was at this time, listeners, you know, all these things, you know, fake economy, fake real estate market, dot-com boom, dot-com bust, people began to get jealous. People began to get envious. And they became appalled at, at lavish lifestyles. 
and to be honest with you, you know, kind of like success. But one of the main things that I remember that people were upset about was the Hummer. You know, that that Hummer uh, vehicle that a lot of real estate and mortgage people drove. And this Hummer was sort of like a, a replica, a replica of the Hummers I used to ride in, you know, as a combat vet. You know, so I rode in, in the military style, you know, Humvee, which was not lavish at all. It was not, it didn't look great <laughs> at all, but people love, you know, this Hummer, especially real estate agents, mortgage people, and people with wealth. And it was like a sign of opulence and, and a sign of, I made it. You know, I'm going to drive this hum, humongous vehicle next to someone who is probably probably barely making it in their financial life, you know? And so I, I remember seeing these vehicles drive up with these big monster tires and these Hummers were costing forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. And, you know, I, I would see, you know, in the window, real estate broker or need a loan, call me. And that's because people in the real estate and loan business were making hands over fists. And I'm not necessarily picking on the real estate and loan business because I was in it too. I wasn't driving a Hummer or a Humvee, but you know, other people were also were doing you know things. People were taking vacations two or three times a year because they had all of this extra fake money. So fast forward, you know, through all of that. You know, like 2006, 2007, when the housing crash hit, Americans were becoming suspicious about anything where small businesses were making money. It was almost kind of schizophrenic. And that may sound weird, but people were like, you know what? You're making money and you're making a lot of money and I don't like it. That's what that's how people were thinking. I remember it because when the dot when the real estate market was starting to crash you started to see so many people losing homes losing businesses here in California and northern California as well as some parts of southern California so you would have entire you know strip malls shut down because the people who were normally shopping there didn't have any money so throughout California commercial real estate really took a hit. So during that time, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. So if you were selling something, instead of people looking at your product or the service benefits and features of your product, some consumers were more concerned that you are making money. Even if it was a dollar, I'm not kidding. People were getting schizophrenic and mental about other people's success. So looking looking at this situation that happened in 2008, 2009, you kind of see the same thing now. Making money is now highly scrutinized. You can see it in the news. If some CEO, you know, makes $50 million, all of a sudden people are unhappy about that. Um, you know, if 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 a, a certain company has has a great year, you know, selling something, you know, sometimes the companies often look the, the company is often looked at as you're a bad company if you made that much money. 
And now we have government leaders pushing socialism. You know, we have politicians pushing socialism, which is a 100% business killer. If you didn't know that until today, until February 13th, 2019, I'm telling you, Rick, CEO of 321BizDev LLC, is telling you that socialism is a business killer. It's also a job killer. So if you have a great job and socialism kicks in like some of these politicians want, it's going to kill your income opportunity. So this is not a political podcast. So I'm just going to leave it right there. You can just, you know, do your own research. So if you think business, if you think your business is having issues now, hitting your revenue goals, having a socialist component in the equation will totally crush your business. Just look at what is happening in Venezuela. My college Spanish language professor was from Caracas, Venezuela. She loved her industrialized country that was either number one, two, or three in oil production. She is probably rolling in her grave. I imagine she probably passed away by now. She's probably rolling in her grave at the level of despair in her once beautiful country. So let's talk about social media. First, in my opinion, the name is wrong. There's nothing social about people making decisions about spending their hard-earned money. It does not matter if the price is $5. You know, a $5 expenditure on a product or service is a decision that people make. You know, it's a serious decision. And if the sales price for a product or service is $500 or $5,000 or $15,000, that buy decision is a serious one. It's not a social decision. So the excitement of social media or digital marketing, as I call it, comes from the ability of people to post their products and services online, really without financial risk. And in most cases, a person can upload his or her product or service for free. Some people choose to pay a couple of hundred dollars for targeted marketing on some of these digital marketing sites like Facebook or Instagram or maybe even Twitter. But if you but you need to compare digital marketing's cost, which is free, to traditional marketing where that cost could be thousands of dollars for placement in a local magazine or on the radio or on or on TV. So remember when I spoke about economics, finance and math When something is free, everyone will jump in. And this is what has happened with digital marketing. Everyone is selling something. And everyone is on the top platforms selling something. And what's really important, there are more sellers on digital marketing platforms than buyers. And this one fact, and that fact is, that there are more sellers on digital marketing platforms than buyers. This is a, a, a real deal buster for any business model. And it's even a bigger deal buster for white collar business owners selling products and services at 2,000, 5,000, 
$25,000 or higher. Now, if your product, again, your product or service costs $10 or $20, you may find 10 people who like your recipes, your bracelets, your clothing items, and you know you may sell those 10 and make $200 per month, and maybe this is fine for your efforts. Maybe you need to make 100 to 200 to $300 per month online, and you can do that. It's probably because your, your products are cute. You know, people like, you know, the colors, people like the, the, uh, the blouse and you're selling it fine. But for dental practices, law firms, cosmetic surgeons, insurance brokers, real estate brokers, mortgage brokers, real estate investors, or other businesses selling big ticket, high price items, you have very little chance of successful selling. Now, here's the kicker. This one part where I'm almost done with this podcast is the entire purpose of this podcast talking about the oddities of social media selling. With more sellers than buyers on social media slash digital marketing, what do you think is the sentiment on these digital marketing platforms? Now, if you haven't thought about it, explicitly in other words if you haven't if it's not on the right on the front of your forehead stenciled in or you know written in with the magic marker i know you already feel it in the back of your mind i know you already feel it the sentiment or mindset with most sellers on social media slash digital marketing is i'm here on social media to sell my product or service I am not here to buy anyone else's stuff. I will, I will repeat what I just said. What, what is going on in most social media sellers, people who are moving products or services, people that want to sell their product or service online, whether it's real estate, legal services, dental services, cosmetic surgery services, insurance, real estate investment services, what their sentiment, what their mindset, what their mentality is, and I'll say it again, I'm here on social media to sell my product or service. I'm not here to buy anyone else's stuff. And you can replace stuff with another word if you want. I've heard it, I've heard the other word being a four letter word instead of stuff. So LinkedIn started you know, LinkedIn.com started as a platform for job seekers. Then it quickly transitioned to a website for people marketing services like real estate, you know, mortgages, coaching, you know, other types of, you know, products and services. Now, you know, as of like maybe two years ago, LinkedIn is transforming into a political site. Like there are not enough political websites already. So this component about there, there being more sellers than buyers on social media, this component makes digital marketing a non-viable marketing solution, especially for white collar business owners. Because the way the mindset of, of the American public and the fact that there are just tons more sellers on social media 
than than buyers make social media slash digital marketing a non-viable marketing solution for white collar business owners. Now, there is a way to effectively generate sales revenue from digital marketing slash social media, but most social media people, you know, specialists do not have the skill set and the training to, to insert profit into the marketing part of social media. They don't have the skills to do it. And that's another podcast or you can give us a call. We can talk to you about, about how that can be done. But for the most part, 99% of you know folks on social media, and I hope no one's offended by this, but I just got to say it. You know, um, it's not working for a lot of white collar business professionals. And that's just not my opinion. You know, our company supports white collar business owners and every single white collar business owner I've talked to over the last five or six years have said the same thing. Now they may get one transaction in over a two year period, but listeners, one transaction is not going to pay your bills. You know, one transaction over a two year period does not make social media selling slash digital marketing a success. Now, for the industries our company supports, attorneys, dentists, cosmetic surgeons, insurance brokers, real estate brokers, mortgage brokers, uh, real estate investors, we have done over 6,000 hours of massive research, and we back it up with tested sales systems. Each of the industries I just mentioned has a sales system feature, which is slightly different from the other industries. So the dental sales system is slightly different than the insurance broker sales system. The CPA sales system is slightly different than the real estate broker sales system. So I know we have said a mouthful on this podcast and hope we did not lose anyone on the subject matter. Um, We hope we didn't piss anybody off on this podcast. So in closing, let 321 BizDev LLC help you set up a proactive sales and business development system today. You have listened to the 321 Biz Development Podcast. 321 Biz Dev is the only company with sales systems for white collar professionals who did not have access to affordable sales and business development training in college or through certification programs. Our website is 321bizdev.com powered by sitemarket.com and we can be reached toll free in the US and Canada at 833-321-3212. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make it a great day.